4: Hello and welcome to the MMQB Monday Morning NFL Podcast. I'm Gary Gramley.
5: I'm Jenny Brentos.
4: I'm Connor Orr. And very exciting, guys! We have arrived at part five of our summer division preview series. That means we we can't change our minds now. We can't go back. We're more than halfway there, so we just have to we have to gut it out, get through the rest of these. And uh, as always, we are inviting you to guess. What order we are going in? The logic behind our order. There is subjective logic, but there is a logic. And again, if you guess it correctly, uh, Jenny, I believe you have some uh, some stickers, some MMQB stickers as a prize. Ready to go? You can you can put them anywhere. Put them right on your T-shirt. Make it an MMQB T-shirt. Great idea. Connor has uh, another business card to add to the well, bonanza. Can I call it a bonanza now that it's three?
6: Yeah, I would say this officially qualifies as a bonanza. Um, I will say that when the business card thing comes up, I always like kind of look to Jenny as I always do for guidance, but I'm trying to like read her take on this. And like, I like I can see like the unit chair in her being like, this is potentially illegal in some way, shape or form. So like, as long as you, as long as we're okay with me mailing the business cards, I will continue to mail the business cards, but I'm just trying to read. Like I, I always try to read Jenny. Um, a, a lot of times when I ask her for advice on stories or I, I, I unfortunately fashion advice from time to time you know you're always trying to kind of get the the bio feedback before the actual feedback so i'm just trying to work my way in here and and see what uh, we're cool with the business cards right like we're good to go here
5: yes i love the business cards the unfortunate thing connor is that my face naturally relaxes into a face of disdain so it's definitely (laughs) very difficult to tell if i actually disdain something or if that's just my face
6: I think that's why we have uh, sometimes, uh, While well, as much as I like seeing you in person, the the text, the texting does sometimes cut through some of the, the, the haze, you know?
5: True. Yes. <laughs> like if I send a text back, oh, I see or interesting, generally not thrilled about something.
6: <laughs> generally, you're not seeing it or it's not interesting. Yeah.
5: Right.
4: <laughs> well, I just want to, I want to step back because I, I feel like we're getting... A little bit ahead of ourselves someone's got to win it first and then we can worry about the legal implications i mean that's how i approach things but uh the guesses are still coming in if you want to guess you can you can tweet at the mmqb you can reply to one of our uh, uh podcast tweets you can tweet at me or connor or jenny uh i'll just put our twitter handles in the description i don't know we we announced it and it was it was weird when we announced it i thought it was awkward I mean, we're, we're always awkward, but it, it was even awkward for us, so I kind of want to stay away from that. Or you can email uh, the mmqb at gmail.com, and uh, I, do, I do have a ruling. You can send more than one
5: guess. That's oh, very well. big
6: of you, Gary. Yeah.
5: I, yeah, I think that should also help the guesses come in because I think there was a, a, a flurry of guesses and then we basically said that none of them are right. <laughs> and I think it discouraged people. But we welcome all guesses. You're not going to get the answer right unless you take a chance.
4: There you go. Those stickers are just uh, waiting to be won by someone. Uh, John Hill, who had uh, he had an initial guess that... Uh, it was okay. I I think he did the aggregate wins. He, uh, he wrote in, he was thinking compass directions. No, too too objective. It's more subjective. And again, there's logic to it. It's just, uh, you're not going to find it in, uh, you're not going to find it in numbers. You can't put it in a spreadsheet and, uh, come away with a solution here. That's my advice to, to all of you out there in this and in life
6: i was gonna say that sounds like me trying to describe my value to a higher up here it's like you you can't really see it or quantify it but but it's there and uh but only i know uh where so yeah
4: the always gritty Connor (laughs) Orr. all right guys we have arrived at the afc west that is today's. This is Division Number 5, and uh, as always, we are going to run through our, uh, our four categories here to sort of pre-preview the, uh, the division. We will have our Mad Libs coming up, and then we will wrap up with our uh, predictions and our projections for what the standings will be here in a division that the Chiefs have, quite frankly, owned for quite a while. But let's, uh, let's open it up with biggest offseason edition of a veteran, and uh, we'll start with Jenny.
5: I went with Orlando Brown. Obviously, after the Super Bowl, tackles was high on the Chiefs' priority list. They did a remake of their offensive line, but the trade for Brown, I think, really was the piece that will have the biggest impact. He moved to left tackle last season for the Ravens when Orlando Brown was injured. I'm sorry, Ronnie Stanley was injured and wanted to play left tackle in the future. And so it's kind of one of those rare things where a player expresses what he wants and he gets what he wants and he ends up on the best team in the NFL. So really a great situation for Brown, but also for the Chiefs because it's not easy to upgrade your offensive line if you have holes at the tackle position that can be a difficult problem for the team it can be difficult to fill but somehow they managed to swing this trade with the Ravens also in their same conference now you could say the Ravens didn't want to re-sign Brown and so they were getting good value for him on, on this final year but it's still a, a pretty big coup for Kansas City
4: yeah, I, uh, I I find that whole Orlando Brown situation just fascinating with the insistence on playing left tackle at a time when left tackle and right tackle there's not really a big difference here. It's certainly uh, right tackles are getting compensated the same as left tackles. I, I think if you look across the league, a lot of uh, a lot of people tell you right tackle is just as important as left tackle at this point. Uh, after all the sort of blindside hype of the uh, the, the pre Michael Oer era here of, uh, of the NFL, but, um, it's just really interesting. And he's just an interesting, he's, he's huge. I mean, he's huge for a football player. He is uniquely huge and, uh, just a different style of player to plug into your offensive line at this point.
6: I almost wonder too, if Baltimore is, is looking at it a little bit that way, right? Because while it's not, um, you know, it's not some of the, other run based offenses that we've seen in the league, like you are requiring a certain level of athleticism that I'm not saying Orlando Brown doesn't have, but that perhaps is better suited in an offense like Kansas city. And if, and if you're the Ravens, you're thinking, well, okay, we can kind of, replace this in the aggregate a little bit right you can we can use a tight end we can use somebody else and all we really need is a guy that's going to move laterally a little bit better or you know upfield a little bit quicker and while he's a phenomenal player and we would prefer to have him um, it's not the worst thing in the world that he's gone you know
4: so I'm uh, I'm going over to the other side of the ball here. I'm going with Yannick Ngakwe as my answer here. Going to Vegas. A bit of a forgotten man in free agency. Uh, he just had kind of a down year bouncing between the Vikings. I mean, he arrived there late, and then he gets traded mid- midseason to the Ravens. and was not a huge impact guy in uh, either either city at that point. But uh, this Raiders team, they're, they're red hot. Everyone's talking about him. Everyone loves him here, Connor. Um, they had – look – they had some goofy losses late last year. If you are a Raiders fan and you want to be optimistic that this is a team that could have gone ten and six last year, I'll I'm going to allow it. It's fair enough. I mean, would they have been a good ten and six team? Maybe not, but they uh, they could have gotten to ten wins here if if they don't lose the Fitzpatrick game. They had that that Chargers overtime loss right before that. They beat the Chiefs and they uh, they played the Chiefs close a second time. But uh, here's the thing with Ngakwe. If you look at the Raiders' problem here, it hasn't been Derek Carr. I mean, we all you know stare down the quarterback every time a team struggles for a couple of years. I don't think it's been a Derek Carr issue at all. I think Carr has been better. I think the offense has been fine uh, the last couple of seasons here. It's been the defense, and under Paul Gunther, they just didn't generate a whole lot of pressure, and they invested a lot of draft capital in the secondary, and those guys have all been kind of... I think mediocre might be putting it kindly at this point. I mean, it's just it's a team that doesn't cover well and they don't rush the passer well and that's just a bad combination here. So, one of the ways you can find that solution uh, rather than tearing down your entire secondary and trying to rebuild it is you you get one impact pass rusher in there and that makes everyone's life a little bit easier and we'll see how this plays out here. I just want to throw out real quick on Ngakwe. Uh, this is a Raider team that has not forced turnovers the last couple of years. Only the Lions have forced fewer turnovers in the Gruden era here. Uh, if you go back in, to when Ngakwe entered the league in 2016, only Khalil Mack has more uh forced fumbles in the NFL. Ngakwe is alone in second with 18 over a five-year span. Uh, he is potentially an impact guy who makes your sort of shaky secondary look a little bit better, but also might actually force some turnovers here, which is something they just haven't done. I mean, they are way in the negative in the Gruden era, even though the offense doesn't turn it over that much. And that's a, that's a huge problem. And if they're going to break through and have that 10 win season, that 10 and seven wild card type of year, I think that's the number one place you have to look at. They're going to have to get some takeaways this year, which they just haven't done the last couple of seasons. It's Connor, also you, surprising. Then, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just to say Connor, Connor is, is, going to be thrilled to throw some Gruden praise out there.
6: Uh, uh, yeah. Let me collect myself for a minute and I'll <laughs> let Jenny finish her point.
5: I was just going to say that it's crazy that in is only 26 because this is his fourth NFL team. It seems like he is a lot older. So uh, I like the pick Gary because you're right. Last year was kind of a, a strange year for him. He changed teams mid season and he really can be an anchor somewhere. Um, but as for the overall optimism on the Raiders, I, I will kick it over to Connor <laughs> to let him uh, make his rebuttal. Well,
6: I th- this is the best part of having the podcast on YouTube now is I think that most people can watch me uh, just the pained expression on my face when anyone's discussing this team. And so now that now there's more theatrics to it. And I really do enjoy um, looking at myself on zoom and seeing how uh, disgusted I can make myself (laughs) look while Gary's talking about the Raiders. I, I I agree with everything you said about Ngakwe the player. Uh, I just, uh, I I can't imagine uh, how they're going to turn this around defensively and how they're going to make this work. I mean, it seems like they just need so much more um uh, th- than what they have but um I, you're a big ngakwe guy this is not the first time i remember filling in on some sunday podcasts where you had uh, you had heaped some ngakwe praise before so
4: I do. He stays healthy, too. That's the other thing. He rarely misses time. I know he missed a couple games last year, but uh, he didn't miss a game in Jacksonville uh, all those years. And, look, he's a little bit limited. He's not going to help you out much against the run, but uh, this is kind of the day and age where you just need a guy who's disruptive here. And if you're trying to – you are very correct, Connor, in saying that there are a lot more issues on this defense than than one guy, but if you're going to find one role – To sort of make all those things just a little bit better, it has to be a disruptive pass rusher because it's too much to say we're going to hit a full reset on the secondary. Your secondary is your secondary right now, and and that's a shame, but uh, that's what they have in Vegas.
6: I mean, I don't know where uh, Las Vegas could have found a disruptive pass rusher, but, uh, you know, imagine like, you know, it'd be crazy. Like if they drafted one and and decided to keep him, and like, maybe he was the best player in the NFL. I don't know. Um, but you're, yeah, you know, the search continues. Um, so speaking of disruptive pass rushers, I, uh, disobeyed the rules. I know that we outlawed this last week, but I think that we can't, underestimate the fact that von miller is coming back uh to the division he said uh yesterday that uh probably a little bit tongue-in-cheek that his ankle is 94 percent healed after missing all last season so if it's already 94 percent and we're in the middle of july it sounds pretty good for uh, the beginning of september but uh pairing him with vic fangio uh, seems like a recipe for disaster in terms of all the other teams that are going to try to to block him. Fangio now has two excellent pass rushers at his disposal, and uh, he has the best secondary that he's maybe ever had, at least uh, definitely as a head coach, but probably dating back to the beginning of his stays as the, the Bears defensive coordinator, too. So I think that he could potentially wreak havoc. Um, and yes, Derek Carr gets rid of the ball really quickly. Patrick Mahomes hangs on to the ball. Um, fairly long. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with Justin Herbert after uh, when they change the offense. And so I think that having someone like Miller um, and having Fangio together is going to cause a a great deal of of backfield disruption. And I'm like I'm sneaky hot on the Broncos right now. Like I'm uh, and and so I think that that kind of goes along with my uh, my optimism.
4: I think that's fair. And uh, yeah, we're being very lenient here with the rules. It's, it's like a very lenient judge on law and order just allowing everything here. We're allowing two guesses on the order division and we're we're allowing uh, injured return guys to uh, go into the, the veteran editions here
6: producer yeah. Shelby has the la- the final say and and what he'll do is he'll just he'll take my audio track and just rip it out if I'm uh, if I'm being bad and so there's gonna be like just a 15 minute blank segment there when I was talking so
4: all right well let's move on to a biggest offseason edition among the rookies and I'm gonna say in Denver here with uh, uh Patrick Sertain the second And it had just been such a long time since we looked at this Broncos defense. And I think there have been years where we say, okay, the pass rush was not quite there. You know, Von Miller has always been consistent, but sometimes they just haven't had that second guy. Uh, The secondary, for the first time in a really long time last year, just really struggled. I mean, the corners were just not very good. Uh, You know, they brought in A.J. Bouye. He just didn't work out. And uh, they had a rash of injuries there. So uh, it's going... To be on paper, an excellent unit. I mean, we know the safeties are, are really good. Uh, they have Kyle Fuller. They have Ronald Darby. Sertain looks like a guy who's probably going to be targeted early and often here, and he's going to have to 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 you know basically step up right away. Uh, and on top of that, you get a little bit of extra pressure here because I'm sure a lot of Broncos fans, as the draft played out, were seeing Justin Fields sitting there on the board and saying, well, why don't we go get Justin Fields and maybe solve this quarterback problem that has been an issue for the past five years? Uh, they opted to go with a cornerback, and Sertain is a good one, uh, and he's going to have to sort of deliver right away here with a, a defense that is, again, really good on paper, but also probably entering kind of a twilight, you know, contention, window closing uh, type, of, uh, type of place as far as this franchise goes.
6: I'm trying to think of who would you say is the last— well, Darrell Revis, obviously, but like the last rookie corner that came in and was challenged with a heavy workload and handled it really well. Like you maybe you would say Lattimore in New Orleans. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of like somebody who who wasn't average and then became great. You know what I'm saying? Like it does seem like that's sort of the bell curve for for rookie most rookie quarterbacks,
4: cornerbacks, at least. No, I uh, boy, Lattimore definitely. I'm sure if uh, if I were smarter or had better recall, I could come up with some others. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, and I'm I'm also I'm trusting that Kyle Fuller is going to be Kyle Fuller and, and give him an All Pro type guy on on the other side of the field as long as he's healthy. So um, yeah, this is a this is a big <laughs> this is a big ask of the rookie here coming up.
6: Much like Jenny and I would remember Kyle Wilson, first-round draft pick of the 2010 Jets, was asked to be that third corner next to Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie. And what happened? Kyle Wilson got picked on all season. And the defensive coordinator would tell us every Thursday, well, he's the one getting all the targets because they don't want to throw at these other two guys. So...
5: Tredavious White comes to mind as yes. somebody who contributed immediately as a rookie and was given number one corner responsibilities as soon as he was drafted. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question, Connor. I'm sure we could go through year by year. Um, my recall is not the best, but yeah, I thought of White.
6: That That is a good one, too. Yeah. And too, I mean, you know, Jacksonville and Atlanta both had um, – first round corners going into last year and I I don't know maybe I'm just basing it off of that but it always feels like these guys develop in their second and third years for some reason like it's just a little bit of a slower burn in terms of an investment but I could be wrong there too it's just you know I feel like that receiver some of those positions are just a a little bit harder to develop at the beginning I don't know
5: yeah I think corner is definitely one of those Connor because you have to, if you're thinking about the challenges for a receiver of learning the complete NFL route tree, which might be different from a limited route tree in college, then on the corner end, it's that plus being able to anticipate and read the quarterbacks who are at a whole other level of trying to fool you. So I think it's one of the hardest positions to come in and contribute meaningfully as a rookie.
4: There's a required precision to cornerback play that I, I think is uh an awfully big thing to pick up on uh, early in your career but uh,
1: I don't know Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast, we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports football, basketball, we do them all but here's a preview of this week's episode Nothing to do with anyone personally but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are right? you know who's really good Creighton you don't watch Creighton
7: You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
8: What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity? Listen to The unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JPMorgan Chase Bank, NA, member FDIC. Copyright 2024 JPMorgan Chase and Company.
2: Your teen requested a ride, but this time, not from you. It's through their Uber Teen account. You probably drive your teenager around a lot. They have gymnastics club, science club, rec soccer club, school soccer club, club soccer club, and three-hour clarinet club on Saturday night. Perfect. Now with an Uber Teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your team to your Uber account today. See app for details.
0: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch
6: Uh, I'm gonna go full grambling uh, obscurity in this one. i uh, yes. I really like this one. Um, so uh, and and this is based off not based off of, but I was looking him up just to make sure that he hadn't been cut, like, but you know, in, in, in between like when I decided to make this uh, uh, card up. but he's the subject of the perfect training camp story, which is that he's being mentored by Travis Kelsey, which obviously means he will become Travis Kelsey, right? But uh, the Chiefs picked uh, Noah Gray in the fifth round of the draft this year, and here's why I love that, because the Chiefs were 17th in the league last year and using two tight end sets, but they were number one in the NFL and EPA per play when they were doing it. And I went back and rewatched the Super Bowl. And what was fascinating was they did not have that second tight end to really come in and even a guy that could chip adequately, right? And stand in mm-hmm. there and help off the edge when they were getting crushed by uh, Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett and these guys. So they had nobody to come in and, and be that, that second tight end. And, you know, if you watch him at Duke, I think he's an adequate receiver. I think he can handle this role. And I think that if you just diversify yourself a little bit, If you're the Saints or the Chiefs, you run a little bit more, 12 personnel. I think things could get kind of interesting there.
5: I like this, Connor. Very, uh, very niche pick.
6: I've been accused of, so uh, when. When we used to cover the Jets, I would every year be accused of becoming obsessed with some undrafted free agent who would make like a really good play on like the third day of camp. And like I would ask the coach about him and then everyone would laugh at me and be like, this person is just literally here to warm the seat until somebody else. And I was no, no, no. And, you know, but every year it happens that way. So, no, I I hope that I'm wrong. I I would say the only time I hit on that was probably um, Damon Harrison. Uh, of, of, like, uh, seems like a Jets training camp invite from William Patterson or something like that, but, uh, all other times this has failed. So no, I, I hope that I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I hope I'm setting you off in the right direction here.
4: Well, I was going to well, say I that. Went. Yeah. That, go that, ahead. That, no, that ramps up the pressure on Noah Gray, even, a, even a little bit more there. So
5: Connor, that's right. Sports illustrated has a spotlight on Noah Gray looking for big things this season. <laughs> I went with a very obvious choice, Rayshawn Slater. I think the Chargers got pretty lucky that he was still there when they picked number 13. Because Panay Sewell lasted all the way to the Lions, then it sort of, the dominoes lined up, or the dominoes lined up? I'm not sure what expression I'm going for there, but it basically bummed it down the tackle. So if Panay Sewell had gone higher then. I thought the Chargers might be taking Christian Derrissaw, who didn't go until 23 with the Vikings. But the way everything lined up for them, they got the second best tackle, and it was the most extreme position of need. I think the Chargers are really lined up to continue to build on Herbert's success last season. And the biggest piece of that for him is to have strong protection. And Slater will be able to, hopefully, in in their minds, they needed to get someone that they thought could do that right away.
4: Yeah, he's uh uh and, and I am gonna allow the the dominoes lined up. I think that's uh that that's uh that's perfectly fair right there. Um uh, so Slater who is immediately I don't know every time I see a shortish shortish left tackle I I think uh Joe Thomas type of type guy here and and we'll see how this plays out here. But uh I mean look he, he sort of earned his i don't know draft shine because he won that one-on-one matchup with Chase Young uh the last year he played in Northwestern. So you would think a guy like that can probably come in and contribute pretty early even uh you know e- even in a scenario here we he didn't play in 2020.
6: And too, it's not like the the Chargers haven't been loading up on super heady veteran offensive linemen that he can you know, pair himself with work with all throughout camp. Like, I think this is a really good situation for them in general. Um, You know, the chargers in terms of like a uh, injury, their luck with injuries are kind of in this like dark magic burial ground sort of situation, especially with offensive linemen. But uh, if they can all stay healthy, I think this is one of those like no brainer building block situations for them where uh, they can kind of really hit the ground running.
4: Yeah. Uh, most valuable non-quarterback in the division, and we'll uh, we'll go with Connor first.
6: Well, you guys were right, uh, and uh, so uh, you guys you <laughs> picked the right person, but. Um, I, uh, I I decided to go for a little bit of a, a different flavor and just say Joe Bosa um, in uh, with the Chargers as well. Just, again, I mean, a destructive pass rusher in a division where we've seen what that can do. Um, not necessarily with uh, Las Vegas because they do get rid of the ball so quickly, um, but, uh, you know, Bosa plays the run incredibly well, so I think he's just valuable across the board and does a lot of really great things. We saw um, kind of their splits when he's not on the field. Uh, it's it's pretty obvious what he can add uh, to any given situation. And he's only getting better. I mean, you know, some of these guys you can make a you can roll your eyes at the whole lineage thing. But, you know, some of these guys really do sort of get much better um, and, and in a much shorter period of time than than other players who don't have that kind of experience. And so we'll see what happens. But I, uh, I think that uh, I think that Bosa is on track for a really, uh, really good season this year.
5: Well, as you referenced, Connor, Gary and I have the same pick. Now, I did offer in the Google Doc to say Chris Jones for variety, but the reality is I went with Travis Kelsey, who is one of the most valuable non-quarterbacks in the entire NFL. I'm not sure that much explanation is is needed there, um, but uh, really is the key cog in making the chiefs offense work the way it does and has transformed the position and what is expected of the position. And yeah, I think it's a self-explanatory answer.
4: He essentially hasn't missed a game since, uh, I mean, 2014 was really his first season. He didn't do anything in in 2013 after he was drafted Uh, outside of like meaningless late season games. I I think he literally has not missed a game over the last, uh, uh, what is this? Seven seasons now. So it's it's that I I'd be I, I don't want to see it but I'd be curious to see how this offense functions without him there was one highlight though that uh I don't know it, it just seemed utterly unfair in that division playoff matchup with the Browns when uh, they put Denzel Ward on him in the red zone and he didn't just like you know you see the tight end on the 511 cornerback and you think like he's gonna post him up but Kelsey instead just like completely shook him and Denzel Ward fell down and uh that's, I don't know, it, it just seems kind of unfair. I think the Chiefs should have to play some games without him this year. I hope he stays healthy, but they should just have to try playing without him for a little bit. So yeah, I'm curious that kind to see of it.
5: play is a microcosm of, of what he can do. Also, Gary, I'm, I'm noticing a trend that you're really high on players that, that don't miss games. Were, were perfect attendance awards a big deal in your house growing up?
4: <laughs> uh, we, well, we were Orioles fans, so you know we have um, tremendous hmm. respect for, for Cal Ripken Jr., as, as Connor would know. But uh, uh, no, we, we miss school all the time. We fake illnesses all the time. And, <laughs> and we, so we, we don't practice what we preach. But, uh, but yes, we have tremendous respect for it.
6: I I love the pick, uh, just because there aren't that. There's maybe like two uh, Travis Kelseys in the league right now. I mean, Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski is not even that player anymore, right? I mean, he's lost a lot of weight. He doesn't contribute as much to the blocking as he used to in New England, like. And it's interesting because some of those guys are so right when they say that they deserve to like transcend the market, right? The tight end market because they are as valuable as a good offensive linemen and as a top flight wide receiver, which is why I think it's so smart that some teams like the Ravens, like draft these guys in clusters and try to develop them and hope that they work because they're cheaper than wide receivers. They're largely cheaper than offensive linemen, and you're getting a lot of the same benefits out of them if you can develop them.
4: Yeah, the thing I always found most neat about Travis Kelsey is he he wasn't a good blocker when he came to the league. Like, that's something that he worked on through his first two or three seasons, and then he became one of the best in the league. So uh, it's also something to keep in mind every year during the draft when uh, everyone sort of criticizes a tight end for being bad at blocking. A lot of them are bad at blocking, but uh, some of them can become good. Uh, let's, uh, Let's go on to most interesting coach. This could be a head or an assistant coach in the division. Uh, I, Jenny, you, you go first.
5: Okay. I mean, I see that I'm teed up in the order here, but I think we're all just building to Connor, but, (laughs) um, I have selected John Gruden. It will be his fourth season in this grand experiment of his return to the Raiders and the results have been underwhelming so far. Four and 12, seven and nine, eight and eight. Yes, those are more wins every year, but certainly not what, The team was expecting when they gave him a 10-year contract to bring him back. he long been the owner's white whale. I'm going to get Gruden back. And they finally did. And I remember a lot of the, the discussion was, when we get to Vegas, that's when the team is going to be ready. Like, we're building towards Vegas because, you know, they did the Khalil Mack trade and... They were redoing the roster in a lot of ways, but it was always, we're building for Vegas. Well, they were in Vegas last year, and they were 8-8. Eight and eight. And they're in a division where you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Justin Herbert ascending. Who knows who will be playing quarterback for the Broncos? Maybe it's Aaron Rodgers. Maybe we waited to do the AFC West to see if that situation shook out a little bit. I'm just going to throw that out there. But in any event, um, I, you know, I, uh, I'm not sure... That I see a great path forward here for the Raiders with Gruden at this point in time, I, you know, the marginal progress in the number of wins, but certainly hasn't lived up to the hype so far.
6: It, it's it it's beyond me to look at, and, and again, I mean, the Super Bowl ring. Is, is such a hard thing for people to shake because it's like this badge that just gets you in um, to the door like Gary would know you have to have enough badges to make the Pokemon League and Gruden seems to have the requisite number of badges to, to reach the Elite Four but at the same time this was a Super Bowl that was won with somebody else's players you know and like this was Tony Dungy's Buccaneers and like the thing that he was in charge of was almost never good like the offense was almost never good and I don't understand Like, if you would go back to any of those teams and you would interview those players, yes, some of them would be like, he's a great guy, but some of them would be like, we have no idea what's going on offensively. The play calls are 30 words long. We can't get them out of our mouth. One week we're doing this, one week we're doing that. Nobody can trust them. And so, like, do you? as an owner, like what is your search process like to, and then to just say like, I need you so bad that I'm going to pay you double what I'm giving like anybody else is getting, despite the fact that we're like a theoretically cash strapped franchise that can't afford Khalil Mack. But we need John Gruden because he says crazy things on television. Like none of this made any sense. It was the worst coaching hire that was made in the last decade. I'm hearing this, Uh, as I'm saying it, getting played over and over (laughs) again at the Raiders Super Bowl Parade. Um, But, uh, you know... And and I think it was bad for a couple reasons, right? It's bad because of the length of the deal. It's bad because you assume that this person who has never built a roster can build a roster. It's bad because you nakedly subverted the Rooney Rule, um, and basically made an an insult out of the process, which your original owner, um, probably would have been offended by, to be quite honest. And uh, and so I think that all of that was bad. It was I thought it was just a terrible moment for the NFL. And it's not, you know, there are some cool things. That that he does um, that he learned throughout his time, you know, every six days, there was a feature on his little strip mall film session place that he was working on and, and doing a bunch of cool stuff on, but it, it what else are we getting here like there there's been no payoff um you know maybe uh you know maybe he'll 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 like gary because he said that they should have gone ten and six last year but it's eight and eight <laughs> like that's the best we've gotten so far and no other coach is getting three years there every other coach was getting fired after year 2 but you can't do it because the contract is so long and so bad and uh yeah i'm running out of breath but uh uh you know i i just there's so much like There's so much why here that is still, like, it it just amazes me. Like, I look around, it's like, why haven't you asked yourself some of these very basic questions yet?
5: So in case anyone who's listening (laughs) is wondering, Connor also (laughs) picked Gruden for the most interesting coach (laughs) in the division.
6: Yeah, Uh, yeah, interesting was, I I guess I I didn't read the word interesting. Sorry, Uh, but yeah.
4: (laughs) It's, I, I the thing that scares me is, like, either me or Jenny will have to sort of step up as like the Gruden defender, which maybe I, I, I accidentally dipped my toe into earlier this season when I said, the. I mean, the Raiders were two plays away from winning the Super Bowl. Everyone knows that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I, the one thing I'll say uh, about the contract. Do you think Mark Davis, I, it, like if right now, if if uh, John Gruden had one year left on his deal, do you think Mark Davis would want to do anything? Like, I, I don't. I don't really know if there's a scenario. I think Mark Davis is just happy having John Gruden as coach. And if they win games, great. But, you know, it's sort of more fun to have John Gruden as his coach is how he's viewing it.
5: Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Gary. He chased this guy for so long. They have a close relationship. It was the guy he wants as his head coach. And so the 10-year contract is, you know, influencing decision making maybe but your point is not really because this is the guy he wants as coach and that's it you know the white whale some might say has turned into an albatross but maybe not for
6: Davis. you know it's just like owners are just the worst like they're just the worst they make horrible coaching hires year after year and then just blame everybody else for their problems they hire search firms that just say oh go hire the defensive coordinator of the team that just won the super bowl and then you have you know mark davis just being like i just need the guy that we traded away 10 years ago because <laughs> he wasn't good enough to do it then but definitely is now you know um uh, i i i don't get it i i just uh they need to replace Owners somehow, and I'm working on a solution for that. Um, Let let me let me workshop that, and I'll get back to you.
5: Well, I really think the best answer to the ownership problem, Connor, is for the NFL to change its requirements. Right now, I think the controlling owner has to have at least a 30% stake in the team, and it doesn't prevent or doesn't permit ownership groups over a certain number of people. And we see in a lot of other sports leagues. Perhaps by necessity, like the end up WSL has had a lot of like aggregate ownership groups, which has brought brought a lot of buzz into the franchise, and obviously that's a league in a very different position. But I think we get stuck in these ownership, the ownership criteria a lot creates a situation in which we're constantly stuck with these bad ownership situations, which perpetuate a lot of problems across the league in terms of hiring practices and commitment to diversity and inclusion and workplace cultures and so i think that a shift in the ownership requirements could open the door for a much more representative swath of ownership in the league but Really, what we're all waiting for is Gary's answer to the most interesting head coach in the division, Gary.
4: Well, I think Brandon Staley is the worst hire of the last 10 years. And years. No, I, I, I don't think that at all. I think Brandon Staley's a a brilliant coach. I think he was a good hire with the Chargers here. I think it's a really interesting situation he steps into with the Chargers. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, it, it, it's a relocated team. They don't have a huge fan base. I feel like just the franchise as a whole has kind of skated. Anthony Lynn did a nice job there. They didn't really give him the infrastructure he needed, though. Uh, And there's just always been this sense that, like, the Chargers are, I don't know, just happy to be competitive and and just happy to, you know, (laughs) hey, they made the playoffs this year. Like, you know, what a what a nice team and, and all that stuff. I mean, two years ago, they went out and they high the guys they signed they signed uh what they signed Brian Balaga they signed Chris Harris they signed out uh, limbaugh Joseph they signed guys that were win now signings and then they kind of said uh here's Tyrod Taylor we'll put him out here and uh maybe we'll go 9 and 7 and compete for a wild card spot uh and then they figured out they had you know possibly uh you know a, a, a uh, all-pro caliber quarterback in, in Justin Herbert. So you have the quarterback now. You have the roster around him. This team should be talking about basically making a run at the Chiefs here. I mean, they should be on that second tier with, uh, you know, whoever you want to put up there, the Bills, the Ravens, the, uh, you know, the the Browns maybe, the Colts maybe. Uh, they should be in that conversation at this point. And, uh, you know, Brandon Staley is going to do things with his defense that maybe Gus Bradley, uh, who, by the way, is is now – coordinating that Raiders defense, uh, maybe didn't do with it. Uh, it's going to be a new evolution there. And, you know, we'll see what uh, what they do here. But there's a ton of talent there. And they have the quarterback. And now they have a really bright young coach. And I feel like the Chargers should be discussed as a team that should be uh, winning 11, 12 games this season and making a run uh, at the AFC title game.
5: Yeah, I think it's a great pick, Gary. I mean, aside from our robust discussion about (laughs) Gruden, but because of Herbert, it was one of the most attractive job openings. But I think you're absolutely right in that they didn't give Anthony Lynn the infrastructure to succeed there. And I think the team's longstanding questions about the commitment to resources to build Mm -hmm. the coaching staff that you need and to make this a top-tier organization haven't been there. And so... Does the Herbert, um, what's the right word? Renaissance? The, does the Herbert, Herbert premiere? Renaissance,
4: yeah. There the, we you go. Know,
5: the encouraging signs from Herbert last year, does that compel the organization to say, we really need to take advantage. We've got this talented guy on a rookie contract. We've really got to put our foot on the gas now. And maybe it does, and if that's great... If that is the case, then that's great for Staley, who is, as you mentioned, a, a really sharp coach and did a fantastic job with the Rams defense. But it would also be a bummer for the coaches in the past who haven't had that kind of support.
6: I I think if I had to pick um, a team that I would want to coach uh, this roster, the Chargers roster is obviously a roster that I'd want to coach, but also the Chargers in general, because like they they just don't have any fans and so it's great like you can kind of just you know you you can experiment you know a little bit if you're Brandon Staley you could probably try some things and like no one's going to care cuz no one comes to the games anyway you know so it's great and then like you know if you win that's great it's a surprise but if not you know it's just like have you ever met a Char- do you know any chargers fans do either of you know any chargers fans I do you know a chargers fan
5: I think I know too
6: I've never met a chargers fan in my life
4: I know
5: one, but I haven't talked to
4: him since they moved from San Diego. I don't know if that changed his uh, view on it.
6: Yeah, I mean, I just like I, I just don't think they really exist, which is f- fantastic. You know, you're just sort of <laughs> operating in a bubble, which is exactly what I would want to do if I were a Ooh, head coach.
5: We should send Connor to L.A. in search of a Chargers fan and see how long it takes.
6: <laughs> Based on some of the the home away splits when they were playing in the soccer stadium, it would have taken me a while at a home game to find something. Right, right, yeah. Mm.
5: Yeah. I'm over under on 24 hours. I don't know.
6: Brandon Staley, yeah. though, good pick. Uh, almost set the NFL record last year for l- fewest second half points allowed, um, which is like a good sign, I guess, for a defensive coordinator, uh, a guy that you'd want to take over your defense, but also a former quarterback, too. So I think a lot to like there.
5: Also coached every game. Yeah. So high Gary yeah. Gary's standards. Yeah. <laughs> he, <does. laughs>
4: he did. He's just. He's showing up all the time, you know, not, not, not like Gus Bradley, who just took like four games off last year. Gus Bradley didn't do that, by the way. And we'll see what Gus Bradley does in Vegas. I almost forgot he's in Vegas. <laughs> That's how overwhelming John Gruden is.
9: Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota,
8: let's go places. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast chase make more of what's yours chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices message and data rates may apply jp morgan chase bank and a member fdic copyright 2024 jp morgan chase and company
2: your teen requested a ride but this time not from you it's through their uber teen account you probably drive your teenager around a lot they have gymnastics club science club rec soccer club school soccer club club soccer club and three-hour clarinet club on saturday night perfect Now with an Uber teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details.
0: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zin. Find your Zin online or in a store near you at slash find. That's slash find. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
10: Smooth frown lines with Daxify, the only peptide-powered frown line treatment. Chosen as one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2023, it's the first innovation of its kind in over 20 years. Daxify is the only frown line treatment powered by a novel peptide. Come see why everyone is talking about the Daxify look and why beauty lovers choose Daxify. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com. The effects of Daxify may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Tell your provider right away if you have problems swallowing, speaking, or breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness, as these can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Do not receive Daxify if you have a skin infection or are allergic to botulinum toxin products. Tell your doctor about your medical conditions, including any muscle or nerve conditions, and all medicines, including any side effects from botulinum toxins, as they may increase the risk of serious side effects. These are not all the possible side effects of Daxify. For more information, visit Daxify.com. Talk to your doctor or call 1 877 798 6243. To learn more about Daxify, visit Daxify.com.
4: All right. It's that time of the show, Connor. Let's do the Mad Libs.
6: All right. All right. Uh, again, trying to uh, get a firm grasp on the English language here, parts of speech, nouns, verbs, adjectives, who knows? You know, so we're, uh, <laughs> we're working on all this uh, as we go along. Um, so I'm going to. Gary, how familiar with uh, the uh, the uh, the MTV California-based reality series The Hills are you?
4: Uh not at all.
6: Not at all. Great. Um, okay, yeah. so Jenny, I'm going to need you to go first, um, if that's okay with everybody.
5: That's great. This is in my yeah. wheelhouse. No?
6: perfect uh jenny i know you're familiar with the hills you and i have discussed the hills yes um on on various occasions so
5: we um, share poor reality tv taste connor so i'm <laughs> really glad do. to get this you it know opportunity thing.
4: it has to be a good thing <laughs> <laughs> uh
6: okay so uh jenny uh what is uh, your favorite thing to do on halloween
5: go trick-or-treating
6: go trick-or-treating okay great Uh, perfect. Um, Gary, uh, what was, what would be the adjective that you would use to describe, you know how like there's that one really wealthy kid at your high school who has a really nice car. What's the adjective that you use to describe the car?
4: Uh, let's go, let's go shiny, Shiny. little little on the nose. It was the nineties though. Everyone had shiny things like cars. SUVs were big.
6: I've made a lot of age-related digs at Gary on this pod, so I'm guessing Ford, like a Bronco? Is that kind of what we're but looking I, at here?
4: I feel like the Ford Explorer was getting really big. Okay,
6: so post-Bronco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, Jenny, uh, name in your mind the most seminal character on the MTV California-based reality series, The Hills.
5: I like the specificity of the introduction there, Connor. <laughs> um, I'll go with Lauren Conrad,
6: Lauren Conrad. That's great. Um,
5: now has her own clothing line. <laughs> Often at Kohl's. Just to she? provide information.
6: Is she the one, uh, I'm going to sound out of touch, but was she the one that used to be married to Jay Cutler?
5: No, that's Kristen Cavallari. Oh. Who is also on the
6: Hills, correct?
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, less so, but yes, they both were. Um Kristen came on the hills later. It was like she's back in town. She had been on Laguna Beach.
6: Laguna Beach. Yes, that's right. Okay, yes. got it, got it. um Gary, your favorite menu item at McDonald's?
4: The uh, chicken selects. Maybe not a true McDonald's menu item, but I, I think it's the only thing I eat there now.
5: I don't when was even the last time you, that is? Yeah. When
6: was the last time you've been to McDonald's? Out of curiosity.
4: Oh boy. I mean, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Cause it's like pandemic related. Uh, but I, you know, normal times I probably eat there like once every two or three months.
6: I would say that's pretty standard, right?
4: Yeah.
5: I yeah. That's pretty standard. I think I'll, I usually will get some like French fries on a road trip or something if I'm like driving. And the, yeah. the,
4: chi- the chicken selects, by the way, Jenny, they're, you know, you have the chicken nuggets, but the chicken selects are like, that's the nuggets with class. It's like the oh, strips. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got
5: it. Got it.
4: For those like, of us with, with a little more sophisticated taste, okay,
5: we get the selects. So. Sophisticated palate, Gary. Yeah. Make a mental note of that. Yeah,
6: They're like the nuggets you would get at like a buffet at a baptism. You know what I mean? Instead of, <laughs> instead of the round ones.
4: <laughs> right. If you ever find yourself in that scenario where you have forgotten to cater your baptism and McDonald's was your only option, you get the selects. That's you great. would load up. You would say like, give me 40 orders of the selects and no one would know. It's a good commercial right there for McDonald's. Totally. submit that.
6: Um, okay, Jenny. Uh, what what would you call? Um, you know, you're on the train from uh, Newark to uh, Penn Station, which I know you've taken uh, many of times. Mm. You look out your window there, and you see that sort of um, uh, I, let's call it uh, a sort of that uh, that that desolate, wet, damp, mm-hmm. unbuildable land.
5: A wasteland
6: wasteland that'll be good perfect um okay number six gary your favorite disney princess
4: oh Belle. Well,
5: that was a By quick far. answer
4: yeah uh yeah i mean she's uh, moana is very good as well but if you're i mean is like the most resourceful she's the smartest she's the most uh she's the most well-read and most uh like if you were making a, a spider chart for all of the disney princesses i mean she would she would sort of check off the most uh marks there
6: interestingly gary also kidnapped his wife's dad and was a beast and then his wife came and, and turned him back into a human so i think that explains a lot of the connections there can
4: can really relate to the backstory
6: yes <laughs> um jenny uh you're uh, uh, give me a big box office supply store
5: office depot
6: office depot solid um Okay, Gary, um, an adjectives that you would use to describe a beautiful, benevolent king or queen who rules over a pastoral landscape with grace and dignity for years.
4: Uh, let's go with regal. A little regal. bit redundant, but uh, we'll go regal there.
6: Nice. Uh, do you like the specificity of these uh, clues this week?
4: I do, but... Uh, look, I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but wasn't the hills scripted? Wasn't it like faux reality? It wasn't really reality? It was I my mean, impression. I've never, I've never, I've never seen it. So,
5: well, the final scene they cut away, and it's like a movie set. So they're leaving you with the question of how much was reality. Okay, okay. Wow. I, I just,
4: I don't know if this will stand up to a fact check. I guess is all I'm saying.
5: Producer mm. Shelby says it's scripted, so you know, we'll trust Shelby on that.
6: Standard, <laughs> standard operating procedure for a for a Connor ore produced thing. We're just not sure if it's going to hold up to the fact check, uh, uh, which is exactly what you want. Um, Jenny, uh, what's the worst part of a horrible plane ride?
5: I would say the turbulence.
6: Okay, perfect. Um, I actually
5: was on a plane this morning, and uh, I was had a cup of tea and there was a quite a bumpy landing and i didn't expect that the tea would splash all over my pants oh yeah so uh that was the worst part of today's uh today's plane ride
4: Ooh, that's not pleasant that's, um,
5: and that's very specific, though. That was very yeah. specific. So I just more generally went with turbulence. Even I was going to
6: say, if you want, I can make it the time the tea spilled all over me. I can do that. But okay, great. We saying, Let's
5: do it. Let's do it.
6: <laughs> <The> t- um,
5: <laughs> I made it look like I wet my pants, essentially, was the implication <laughs> I was going for there. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can you get can that just all down. You add that in. We can yeah. just be really specific here. I can, I,
6: can, I can get that all down. That's perfect. Uh, and then, Carrie... The sound you make when a friend makes a radically irresponsible career path change and you're trying to be supportive, <laughs> but you obviously cannot hide your internal horror.
4: I think this is my second sound one. But uh I, if you can capture this, it's the it's the tug on the collar and it's the it's the like mmm. Like that mmm. Does that start and, with an N in your mind or lots like of an, lots of N's and G's. Ns and
6: G's. Okay.
4: Maybe a little like mmm. R- like, Type,
5: nope. uh, yeah, okay. Am I might, yeah,
6: I'd sort of written down like, "new," yeah, like N E U U U U U A U. Yeah, so. yeah,
4: I think
5: that'll do it. Okay, that works. In my mind, I was thinking of the times when Gary is mildly disappointed in something but doesn't want to come right out and say it, and he goes, Okay,
6: I always, <laughs> I always get from Gary, I get an mm hmm. And that's what I get. Like, is like a. It's like a. Let's wrap it up. This is not uh, good in any. Oh, way. Oh, I feel
5: like the moves for from Gary are affirmative.
6: I've always see. Uh, well, this is you know this is something that I I need to work on. But I assume that I, it's like a. Uh, this is boring me, and uh, we're not getting anywhere. So let's just uh, let's just move on.
4: It's the awkward silence that I let follow those noises. Is really what <laughs> you got to pay attention to. <laughs>
6: The longer it goes, the more Gary secretly hates you. <laughs> Beware. Um, okay, so we're good here. Um, all right, so we're just going to uh, we're going to get growing here. Um, picking any team besides the Chiefs to win the division would be like trying to go trick or treating on Christmas. It would simply make no sense. The Chiefs are totally shiny. Their quarterback is like the NFL's Lauren Conrad. He has the best shoes, the best clothes, the best arm, a real chicken selective a guy. We could go nice. on and on and probably will since the rest of this division more closely resembles a wasteland. The Chargers have the reigning rookie of the year in Justin Herbert, a princess bell-haired marksman who took the league by storm. They also have a new head coach, a guy named Brandon Staley, who looks like he was plucked straight out of an office depot. The Broncos, meanwhile, are hoping that in year three of the Vic Fangio regime, they can start to turn their fortunes around. Fangio hails from Dunmore, a suburb of Scranton, Pennsylvania, one of the regal cities of America. (laughs) This alone makes us believe he is tough enough for the job. Uh, And then we have the Raiders, a team headed by former Hooters spokesperson John Gruden. Gruden. First three years in Oakland and Las Vegas have been like that time uh, that you ride on the airplane and there's turbulence and you spill hot tea in your lap, making it look like you've peed all over yourself when you try to stand up and get out of the plane. <laughs> um, that's actually not bad at all. Uh, it's, be- it's better than anything I could have hoped for. Um, the Raiders gave their good players away and instead drafted a bunch of guys who every year on draft day kind of make us go... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that hasn't worked out so well, and uh, and probably won't work out so well in the future. The end.
5: Oh man, that might have been the best one yet.
6: I felt good, but we do really like every time the Raiders do make a pick. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, you know. So that was yeah. it was a perfect sound, Gary. You know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I'm glad you saved it for the end because throughout the entire thing, I was just waiting to see what would be applied to to Gruden.
6: <laughs> I thought about making it like super obvious at the at the beginning, like name your favorite kind of cupcake, and then like <laughs> name a flaming bag of garbage that I hate, you know, and uh, seeing if you could have picked it out.
4: Oh man, well that's uh, I think that's a good transition to the uh, the predicted order of finish. <laughs> our coaches' poll style here, we each did our. <laughs> 1 through 4 vote and uh uh despite the fact that they were just narrowly beat out for a uh, I don't know 15 and 1 season last year the the Raiders unanimously very unfairly unanimously picked last. We picked them last.
6: See, Gary in the pre-show I had looked at your picks and you had the Chargers in two different spots and yeah. so I did not know if you and then you had Brandon Staley as your most interesting coach, I did not know if you had some hidden Brandon Staley heat or ammunition. You know, so my radar was up on that.
4: That was a very strange mix-up that I had because it wasn't even like an L.A. Raiders mix. I just put the Chargers twice in there. I put them second. I put them fourth. Didn't make any sense.
5: Yeah, I noticed that as well. I wondered if you were trying to go for L.A.S. like Las Vegas.
3: <laughs>
5: mm. I, don't, I don't know what I was doing. Uh that's, oh, that
4: applies to a lot of these, uh, these shows, uh, third place, uh, Connor picked Denver to finish second. Jenny and I both picked them to finish third. So Denver Broncos in third, I think this is going to be really interesting at the end of the show when we do our, uh, well, before the business cards, when we do our, uh, are they playoff contenders? Are they Super Bowl contenders or not? Because I, I don't know. I think you can say nice things about, uh, a lot of these teams.
2: Maybe.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting division because the Chiefs are obviously established, and we all agree that the Raiders have a lot of work to do. And the Chargers in Denver could go a lot of different ways this season. I mean, we'll see what Denver does at the quarterback position. We'll see what Herbert looks like this season and the team under a new head coach. But uh, I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities.
4: Chargers, we pick second. Very anticlimactic at the end of this. Chargers pick second. Uh, Jenny and I both had them second place. Connor had them third. They get eight points here, so they edge out the Broncos for second place in our poll. And the Chiefs are unanimously first place, which I don't think surprises anyone. But um, I do wanna I, I want to get to this. I, I think we would all agree that the Chiefs should be uh, aiming for a Super Bowl. But uh, we're gonna do Super Bowl or playoff contender hopes. Uh, we probably need a catchier title for that for uh, the other three teams in the division here. So we'll start with the Chargers here. Shout out your answers. Are the Chargers Super Bowl contenders? I say yes.
5: I say yes. I think I'll also go with yes.
4: Okay. All right. How about but- Denver? Oh, uh, sorry. We we sh- we should talk about that. It's bold.
6: It's bold, but it's the right, um, it's the right time, right? There's like a coach with very little in the way of tendencies, right? We don't really know what he's Mm going to do. Um, and so I think that's always difficult for other teams. It's a coach that changes things a lot, especially in the second half of games. So he doesn't really, um, there's, there's really not a lot you can kind of pin down on him. And, um, you know, it's interesting, like a couple years ago when, uh, legalized gambling open here in new jersey i'd asked like a professional gambler like what you look for and he said exactly people like justin herbert like that's sort of like if you're a las vegas shark kind of gambler it's that second and third years out of a quarterback um you know and, and while that doesn't always necessarily translate to a super bowl it does seem like it sometimes trends that way so lots of like there
4: denver super bowl contender no.
5: No, unless they get Rodgers.
6: I would say yes. If only because I said this about Washington too, like they're going to be able to run the ball really well and they're going to be able to stop the run really well. And they're going to have like potentially like a, like a Mitch Trubisky bears kind of defense, right? Like a defense that's so good that it could uh, eradicate a lot of their flaws. And I think they could like maybe back into the wild card and then somehow just have a crazy ride there. I I just wouldn't count it out, I guess is what I'm saying.
4: Who do you guys think their quarterback's going to be? Gut feeling.
6: Uh, I mean, if it's between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, I have no doubt that it's Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, that's like 200% for me. Um, but I can't imagine Rodgers leaving um, like I, I would. I, I just that would that would shock and and totally awe me. But if I were Rodgers, I think one of the places I might want to go is Denver. So, you know, we'll see what happens.
5: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's this lingering possibility that's out there, but it ultimately doesn't seem likely. So I will also go with Bridgewater.
4: Yeah, I think Bridgewater fits nicely into what they do with Pat Shermer there, or what Pat Shermer has done with past quarterbacks. So uh, should be uh, should be I don't know, kind of an interesting situation there, uh, regardless of whether Rodgers shows up or not. Uh, and uh, Las Vegas Raiders Super Bowl contention. No. No,
6: <laughs> no but <laughs> they should be like like another team that has like somebody that's as like. If Derek Carr was on another team, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, um, you know th- that offense, the offensive line they had last year before they got rid of those guys, um, w- w- I would say in, in the right division, I would call them a Super Bowl contender, right? I don't know. Wait, on another team? No. Uh,
4: Derek Carr or the Raiders, Derek Carr.
6: Yeah, well, like, those yeah. guys. Like, if a team had, like, Derek Carr, oh. Darren Waller, like, you uh. know, um, a, a pretty good offensive line, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I've said some worse teams could win it on this uh, podcast so far. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's he's, he's, he's just, like, <laughs> if you have a top-10 quarterback, most years you should be in contention for the Super Bowl. And they have one, and they're not, is is all I'm saying. Hmm. Really trying to point out the flaws in the coaching staff. <laughs>
5: yeah, I'm really what you're describing is a Raiders team that is not coached by the current staff. Correct. Yeah. Okay, I would still disagree, but I, you know,
4: I playoff, playoff, playoff contender for them.
5: Yeah, I say no. I mean, I guess, I guess they could be. I'm, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yeah, yes, playoff I, contention. I should probably, yeah. I should probably, playoff contention is, you know, 14 teams don't, make it, so. Uh, yeah. 14 teams make it. I don't want to sway anyone's opinion, though. I'll, I'm going to switch to yes. Okay.
6: No on me for playoffs. It's not surprisingly. All
4: right. All right. All right. Before we wrap up the show here, it is time to add to the prize package. It is uh, part of the... Uh, uh, Business card bonanza from Connor's desk. That is going along with the Jenny Rentis MMQB stickers. We will we will honestly got mail this stuff to you if you if you guess it right. You are trying to guess why we are going in the order that we are going in with these divisions. And again, just think very subjectively. And if you have a guess, you can guess as many times as you want. You can tweet at us. Our Twitter handles are in the uh, podcast episode description you can email the mmqb at gmail.com you can you can call us or text us if you have our number you can uh, you could just yell it outside your front door and see if someone picks up and, and passes it along but uh, Connor it is time for the third business card to join the jackpot here we have the uh, we have the the fight lawyer was the first one and last week was the what was last week
6: the guy who uh, installed my windows
4: right okay all right and joining them
6: so this week uh i think this might be the biggest uh the biggest one of all here so uh drum roll here uh a, a, a card for one free cover at blue nightclub 240 south meridian street indianapolis indiana uh i just checked uh, Blue Night Club is still open. Um, three out of five stars on Yelp. Uh, Sam B of Indianapolis says on Yelp, the bartender stole my credit card. sketchy AF. Um, so <laughs>
5: oh boy. <laughs> uh,
6: so that is uh, that is one review. Um, but uh, Jay <laughs> from Los Angeles says this establishment is more of a dance club than a lounge. Um, there really aren't too many people there. Um, the type of music played on the weekend is mainstream dance music that you hear on the radio. Um, and so, uh, that's what JL says and, uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a mix of good and bad here. So.
5: All right. Well, this has real value, especially combine weekend. If people want to go to club Uh. blue, Connor has the tickets. Just watch out for your credit card. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it comes with it comes with utility and possibly some sort of uh, identity theft.
6: <laughs> if you would like, if you're going to be in Indianapolis around the same time, I will I will take you instead to Napoli's Pizza. How about that? So if you uh, if you win and you really yeah. want to go, uh, we can go get some pizza together. So.
4: We are really, uh, really amping up the value on these prizes. Send your guesses in. That's right. The MMQB Monday Morning NFL Podcast is Jenny Brentis, Connor Orr, and me, Gary Gramling. We are produced by Shelby Royson. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Thanks, as always, to senior producer Dan Bloom. The one person we know for a fact listens to the show every week. Mark Mravick is Emeritus Editor of the MMQB, and Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, please leave a rating and review, because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.
2: your teen requested a ride but this time not from you it's through their uber teen account you probably drive your teenager around a lot they have gymnastics club science club rec soccer club school soccer club club soccer club and three-hour clarinet club on saturday night Perfect. Now, with an Uber Teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your team to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver, and with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See App for details.
3: Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stones' hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos.
1: And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and to Discover what makes them so great.
3: From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside.
1: Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.